God bless you. God bless you. Grace and peace, everybody. Welcome back to Prophetic Bible Studies. This has been something that's been on my heart for about two years. I think it's been since I've had an opportunity to come back to this. Um, but what better time than now, right, to get back into this word and um, picking up where we left off. Um, we left off in Genesis chapter 30 about two years ago. So here we are now back in, let me turn my Bible. Here we are back in Genesis chapter 31. So I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to um, either pull that up in, on your devices or grab your Bible or wherever you are. Maybe you want to ask somebody to come and do a Bible study with you. Maybe you want to host a watch party and um, you want to set your day in the word of God. Um, one of the reasons why I have named this prophetic Bible studies is because I've heard down through the years um, that people have had um, just found difficulty with um, studying the word. Either they can't understand some of the terminology or, you know, it's boring. You know, they just, just don't get it. Um, fortunately, I'm a history buff, so I love the Old Testament, love the whole word, but I love the Old Testament. And also being a seminarian um, and have several degrees in theology, um, I have a lot of experience and wealth that I am willing to share with you. So we're going to get into this uh, Genesis chapter 31, and I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles or pull it up on your device. And um, I'm going to try to monitor the comments as best as I can, uh, but definitely just try to have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying um, through the word. Good morning. God bless you. Depending on what time you look at this, it may be afternoon, depending on what part of the country, it may be good night. So <clears throat> we bless you. We thank you for coming on. And um, we just hope and pray that you um, walk away from this study feeling inspired, encouraged, and edified. Uh, this particular chapter, I've had a couple of days to look over it, <coughs> excuse me, um, it just brought a lot of, um, it shined a light shine a lot of light, I put it like that, in some circumstances. So without further ado, hopefully, hopefully you've had a chance to, to pull up your stuff and look along with us. So let me try to get my life together on my end so we can get started, okay? Um, all right, so I'm gonna read, I'm not gonna, first of all, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, okay? Because you guys are very smart and you can read. So I'm not gonna read all of it to you, but I will highlight certain passages um, of scripture that um, I, I think needs to be reiterated. Okay, so um, let me try to navigate back to that screen. Good morning. Uh huh. All right. So, four parts to Genesis chapter 31. Thank you. There are four parts to Genesis chapter 31 that you want to um, pay attention to. And I, I think this is helpful. Again, I, you know, I do a lot of Bible teaching and Bible studies and things of that nature. And, and it helps sometimes when there's a lot going on in a particular chapter, it helps to to break that down. Right. It makes it more palatable, makes it easier to digest. All right. So there are four parts to Genesis 31. And listen, if you're somewhere where you can't write this stuff down or you don't have access to your to your to your sword, it's OK. Um, this video is going to be here um, if you are interested in picking up on where I left off, because I believe I, I covered the entire book of Genesis up until this point. So look back over our um, videos and I also have them copied to our YouTube page and I'll share that link toward the end. So, you know, it's just a good way to kind of take your time and um, 
get into the word and it, with a, a prophetic understanding of it, okay? So there are four parts to Genesis 31, and that's going to help you sort of, you know, pull it apart and digest it piece by piece so you don't get overwhelmed with it. Um, first part is favor causes jealousy. Second part is relationship, trust, and security. Third part is secrets and lies are damaging. And the fourth part is the curse of the beloved and the misbeh covenant. I think you guys are going to love the um, fourth part because um, I think it's just going to like really open your eyes to a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, so let's go and look at uh, the first part, which is Genesis 31 verses 1 through 3. Now, for the sake of opening up, I'll read it um, to you. So now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's and from what was our father's. He has acquired um, all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban. I want you to pay attention to that. Jacob saw the countenance of Laban and indeed it was not favorable toward him as before. Um, my church knows I'm a King James Version preacher, so you don't ever have to ask which version is it. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be the King James Version, unless, you know, I'm finding another translation that I feel maybe would help um, bring out a better understanding. But for the most part, I'm always coming out of King James Version. OK, um, so I'll read that again. Now, Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's and from what our father's and for excuse me, and from what was our father's. He has acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable toward him as before. Okay, so I want to stop right there um, for a minute, and then I'm going to read verse three. But I want to pick up something very, very, very um, important that I want you guys to pay attention to that's happening at the very top of Genesis 31. And this is why I love the scripture because it's just so much going on, right? The Bible said, that Laban's sons, and, and I don't have time to get into the history of it. If you don't know, I encourage you to go back and find out how this happened. But Jacob heard what these men, Laban's sons, his brother-in-laws were saying about him. And Jacob paid attention to their countenance. So, you know, it's not so much what you hear a person say, but also pay attention to their facial expressions, to their countenance, to their demeanor. Because, uh, you know, people can say one thing and their heart posture can be totally contrary, right, to what they're saying. So in, in order to, to bring out a greater truth of a conversation, it's not just what you're hearing, right? But pay attention to what you see. And so here, Jacob, then this is a man of God, he's a prophet of God, okay? And he's not only listening, he's overhearing. So what is that saying? God is saying, you know, when you are in, some of you right now are in some precarious situations, you're in some predicaments and you really have to have your ear gate sharp. You, you, you can't afford to have dull hearing, dullness of hearing, be hard of hearing. You gotta be able to hear. You gotta be able to know, because listen, these are his brother-in-law, these these, this is family, okay? And, and, and so, but there was something going on with that to the degree where um, their hearts were turning away from Jacob. Now, you know, to give you a little bit of history, you'll find that um, I got to keep track of my time because I keep going and going. Uh, you know, at first they welcomed Jacob, right? Jacob brought the favor of God. There are some people that once they are introduced into your life, they bring favor with them. They're favor carriers or glory carriers. And so when they're around you, when they're in your place of business or in your vicinity or what have you, things happen for you. 
things begin to prosper, things grow, things work out, things break out, things happen for you. And so Jacob was that glory carrier. Jacob had the favor of God on his life. And so once he entered into Laban's domain, Jacob brought that favor with him. There's some of you, you went into places and been around people and all of a sudden they, they, their lives have tremendously uh, increased because of your presence. Nothing so much of what they have done. And some folk will get it twisted and they'll think it's all about them. And, and you know, Lot was like that. And we talked about that two years ago. But, you know, sometimes people can get it twisted, you know, and, and you don't want to take up that cocky, arrogant attitude like, hey, you wouldn't have this if it wasn't for me. But truth be told, there are some people who are favor and glory carries. And when they become a part of your life, they introduce the favor, the power, the might of God. That It just is what it is. OK. And so it's a good thing to acknowledge and recognize, you know, even the Bible says give honor what honors due, to pay attention to that. And so Jacob was a, a favor carrier. And Jacob, once he entered into Laban's life, his life was blessed. Bless you, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, his life was blessed as a result of, of, of Jacob. But over time, and this is what happened, you know, the sin of familiarity, you get used to folk and all that stuff. Over time, you know, People's heart towards you can change. Their attitude, their demeanor, their <clears throat> the way they approach you change over can change over time. And so here's what happens: they the jealousy entered in. This is in Genesis chapter 31, verses one through two and three. I'll get to three in a minute. But um, jealousy entered into their heart. And, and so instead of them saying, you know what, Jacob is coming to our life and he's blessed us. He's married our sisters, daughters or what have you. And, and, and this ever since he came into our life, man, we've been on we've been straight. But that whole that that whole posture changed and it picked up a they uh, uh, attracted or um, begin to harvest a jealousy, a jealous spirit. And so the, but the Bible said and Jacob saw the countenance of Laban. So it wasn't just Laban's sons, but this was stemming from Laban. I want y'all to catch that because the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we carry ourselves can influence those we have influence over. So you have to be very careful. Even if you are feeling some kind of way about someone or about something, you have to be very careful. If you are, if you have that kind of influence and people are impressionable, you can influence someone uh, and as uh, Laban did with his sons to cause them to feel some kind of way about somebody. And it, it may not even be the case. Right. Jacob wasn't trying to make them jealous. Jacob couldn't help it. Sometimes you can't help with the favor of God is on your life. You can't help it. Right. And and so, you know, but but Laban's jealousy. And we know if you know Laban's history, Laban was a hot mess from the beginning. But Laban's jealousy spilled over to his sons. And you got to watch that. You've got to watch the company of people who operate in these types of spirits because it will infect and affect you. And so the Bible says that Jacob saw the countenance of Laban and indeed, you know, you see that indeed or of a truth or of for sure, it wasn't the same. That same favor that Laban had, because God said he'd give you favor with God and with man. Jacob had God's favor, but jealousy began to breach the favor between Jacob and Laban. And so Laban's heart started changing, whereas before he welcomed Jacob now. Oh, you you doing too much. You you got too much. You 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 know what I'm saying. And and so it wasn't as favorable as before. Now I want you to pay attention to verse three. This is gonna bless you. All right, Kashana, bless you, sweetheart. 
this is going to bless some of you because some of you are in some situations and you're wondering, why has this person's heart changed toward me? Why are they mistreating me? I haven't done anything wrong. I have served. I have supported. I have loved. I have cherished. I have raised. I have trained. I've done everything I know to do. All of a sudden, this person's heart has changed. And I know that some of your testimonies, I, I know, Marsha, I know that's one of your testimonies. Why is it that people's hearts are changing? I haven't done, I, I, I haven't changed. I mean, sometimes it'll make you look over your own self and you'll be like, did I do, it, I'm telling you, it'll make you look over your own self and you'll wonder like, did I do something wrong? And so it, it wasn't anything that Jacob did wrong. It was that the, there was, and I, for the lack of this word that's been used 10 trillion times, but there was a shift that was about to take place in Jacob's life. And God used the storm. God used jealousy. God used controversy. God used uh, uh, turbulence. I love that word. I heard that in my spirit yesterday morning. God used turbulence to change Jacob's course of destiny. Did you hear that, A.B. Jen? God used that. Listen, some of you, 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 the minute somebody start to <laughs> manifest, you, you want to run and, and you, you want to blame devils and you, you just, the witch is after me. And I mean, come on now. What I need you to do is I need you to stand still for a minute and just hear what the spirit of God is saying through your Bible. Because we like to look for the prophet and look for the next conference. I'm telling you, the answer is in the word of God, Pastor Vanita, my daughter. Amen. The, the answer is in the word, is in the word. And so all of a sudden, Jacob was the beloved son-in-law. He was the beloved husband. He was the beloved brother-in-law. All of a sudden, things shifted that had nothing to do with Jacob at all. Verse three says, then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. Did you hear that? After Jacob had the gift of discerning discernment operating in his life, and he began to pick up what was happening in the atmosphere. This is why you guys have to be very sensitive to what's happening in the spirit realm. You got to be sensitive because there can be times that God is shifting and and and, and moving and, and rearranging things for your good. But if you're caught up in the flesh, if you're caught up in your feelings, and if you're caught up in your emotions, you're going to miss God. You're going to miss the timing of God. You're going to miss it. Okay. And so this was a setup. God allowed it. I'm not saying God caused it. I, I will never say that. God allowed it. Because like I said, Laban was jacked up from the beginning. So this ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? The Laban, they were, there are some people that have, they, had, they just have a tendency to trip and flip. So it ain't nothing new. It's just that for a season, God gave you peace for whatever. In, in, in Jacob's life, and I'm hearing God say, with Jacob and Laban, God allowed Jacob to have a season of peace with Laban. Some of you will have a season of peace with Laban, but that does not mean that you're supposed to be with Laban always. People have warned you about Laban. People have told you, you better watch out for her. You better watch out for him. And then you're like, well, you know, I, I, I don't see nothing wrong. I, you know, I get along with him. Okay. I, you know, it's you know, <laughs> because God has given you that God has, has granted to you a season of peace with Laban. But let me tell you something. It's only for a season. Don't get it twisted. And don't you dig your heels in and go build your brick house because that's just, a, there's something God is getting to you. There's something God is going to get to uh, 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 accomplish in you through your Laban season. So you get in, you do what you have to do. You deal with the nonsense until God steps in and gives you this verse three and said, now it is the time. Now it's time for you to return to the land of your fathers and to your family. So while Jacob was in this season of peace with Laban, God was moving on the other side. 
of, of, of Jacob's life. Hear me when I say this. So you don't you don't know. You haven't heard from these people. You haven't seen these people. You don't know what has happened 10 years ago, five years ago. You just have had no contact. But while you were in that Laban season and you were picking up skills because Jacob learned some things. And I want you to hear me really good. Jacob learned some tremendous life skills in in Laban's employ. Why he was connected with Laban, there were some things that he learned. I even say about David and Saul. You know, some of you had to have have had to serve Saul. You've had some hard taskmasters. You had to serve Pharaoh. You had to serve some really hard, serve in some really hard situations, whether it was a marriage, whether it was a ministry, whether it was a job or a friendship. You just had to serve. That was a Pharaohic situation and it was hard. But in that, when you emerged from it, you walked away with some life skills and things that you never knew that you had. And there were opportunities to open up to you that you would have never had access to. God bless you, sis, Adrian. You, there were opportunities that you would have never been exposed to had you not have served in that season. So I just want the body of Christ to understand that just because God has pronounced favor on your life doesn't mean that every day is going to be sunshiny and 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 you know lollipops and sugar and 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 cotton candy. There are going to be some painful days. That doesn't mean your favor has changed. Those painful days are because the favor of God is on your life and because it's a place that you need to be in him to be able to get access to what God has for you. That only comes as a result of you serving in that season. I hope that made sense because a lot of us, we got flight. I tell my church all the time, you got flight in your feet and we're ready to run. I, you know, I'm too anointed for the, you, honey, you anointed, you stay right there where you are because God is working something in that famine, in that hard season, in that Pharaoh, in that Saul, in that Laban, God is working something in you. Don't move. Wait until God gives you the benediction. Wait until God gives you the release. And so then when when God overheard everything that Jacob had experienced, the Lord said to Jacob in verse three. And guess what you see? We're just in verse three, y'all. <laughs> We're just in verse three. Um, it took them almost 30 minutes and it took, I'm just in the third verse. Praise God. So in Verse three, the Lord said, the Bible says, then the Lord said to Jacob, listen, after all that has said, had been said after, because sometimes we wonder, well, God, where you at? Well, I don't understand why you hadn't moved yet. I know I've asked the Lord. I'm like, Lord, where? I know you, I know you saw that. <laughs> I know you, and you're by the word of God say that you don't slumber, no sleep. The word of God say your ears not dull. So I can't understand why you haven't moved in that situation yet. I just don't get it. But you have to understand that there has to be um, certain things have to happen. OK, hear me clear, clearly when I say this certain thing. Yes, it's a better. Amen. Certain things have to happen that will provoke the shift. Did you with with Jesus? Jesus knew all along he was going to glory. He knew all along once he 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 came out of, of his wilderness experience. He the clock started ticking. I tell my church the clock was ticking. He had three and a half years to to do the work right to get on the Calvary. And, and, and yeah, Judas was manifesting pretty much from day one. God knew that. However, it was needful for Judas to manifest all the way through that. And, and Jesus, he knew all along. He knew what was in Judas. Heart. He said, I chose 12 of you and I know one of you is a devil. He knew exactly who he was, but it was not time. I'm, I'm telling you, people of God, timing is essential for kingdom believers. Timing is everything. It is timing is everything. You can jump ahead of God and miss 20 years. You can stay back from where God is pushing you and miss 20 years. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You got to be on time with God. 
You have to be on time. They say he's an on-time guy. You better be on time, too. <laughs> Both of y'all need to show up at the same time. You got to show up. Uh, John P. Key says, show up. Praise God. So, but Jesus knew Judas was a devil all along, but he could not expose him because there was a purpose that Judas had in Jesus' life. Judas was the ticket for Jesus to get to Calvary. Laban was the ticket. Laban and Laban's sons were the tickets for Jacob to get back to his family. No matter how much Jacob wanted to get back to his mom, get back to Isaac, get back to uh, whatever was going on with Esau, no matter how bad Jacob wanted to get back, Laban and his son's betrayal, hear that? The betrayal was the ticket. Good God Almighty, the betrayal was the ticket, y'all. The jealousy was the ticket to get him back to where he belonged. Not a moment before that. Not I'm tired. I can't take this no more. Uh, they messing with my anointed. No, none of that. None of that qualifies you to, to get to this next place. The betrayal was the ticket. And, and you got to endure. You got to endure the hardness. Okay, so I'm going to try to move forward because I could be here forever in a million thousand days. So favor causes jealousy. For those of you just joining, God bless you. Welcome. Come on in the house. We'll do it. I'm returning to prophetic Bible studies. We're in Genesis chapter 31, and I'm just getting done with verse three. Okay. So now let's look at, now that's just the first part. Told you Genesis 31 is broken into four parts. Genesis um, first part was favor causes jealousy. All right. It's going to happen. So don't think it's strange. James said concerning the fiery trial that comes to try you. All right. Don't think it's strange. It's going to happen. Endure it, mature through it, grow through it. And let it work its work for you. Romans 8, 28. Let it work out for your good. Let it work out for you. Don't fight it. Don't I heard, because here's what some of us do. Uh, you know, I, I heard what y'all said. If it wasn't for me, y'all wouldn't have no corn, no uh corn and lima beans and broccoli. No, you don't need to do that. You don't, your anointing will fight for you. Your anointing, your purpose, your destiny will fight. You don't have to do that. Okay? Walk in wisdom, praise God. Feel that flesh. All right. So Let's look at the second part. The second part is relationship, trust, and security. All right. And these are just topics. You ain't going to find this in your Bible nowhere. These are just topics God gave me. All right. Um, relationship, trust, and security. Now, this is going to cover Genesis chapter 31, verses 4 through 16. Okay. So, uh, or 4 through 13. That's a typo. So, let me read. Let me see what it says. So now, okay, so we've already come to the end of, of, of scene one, all right? Scene one is Jacob overhears, and that's what happens. People are going to come to you. Did you hear so-and-so say this about you? Did you, or in my case, God just showed me dreams, and I hear a whole conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, God. So, you know, the, the information will come to you. That's, that's when your timing, you know your timing is getting ready to change. Information, intel is going to come to you, whether God revealed it by his spirit, through his prophet, through some of his other leaders, through a dream through TV, through whatever you want to, if you, if you are, if you walk with God, okay. And you're sensitive to his spirit, you'll know, wait a minute, that, I just heard God. You, you will know it in your knower. You will know that you heard God. And so in that is, is important people of God that you don't move. I heard you say, uh, did you say this about me? Please kill that devil, kill that devil that, that wants to prove that you're right. And just, just let that go because you're going to frustrate your timing. Okay. You want The information is going to come to you. God is going to bring it to you, okay? And then you sit on it and you wait until God gives you further instruction, okay? Wait until God, because during that time, an investigation is taking place. 
that that's all that is. God is giving you information. There's an investigation taking place and, and, and there's a judgment that's about to happen and, and God is getting ready to move for you. So just calm down. I, I know it's going to be hurtful. Listen, I'm not, no Jacob's feelings was hurt. You know, this man slave for what, 14 years at least. Right. And, 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 you know, adopted these people as his own family because he had been ostracized from his family. So, I mean, there was a lot of things going on. His heartstrings were tied up into it. He's got his, his wives. He's got his children. I mean, he's got a lot invested. And that's when it hurts the most when you got a lot invested. You know what I'm saying? Jesus had a lot invested in Judas. I mean, he made this man, appointed him treasure. He, he was, Judas was privy to all the meetings and all the talks and all the messages and all the works. It hurt. So I'm not telling you this stuff is not going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. But you've got to learn how to rise above my feelings hurt. I, I you know, I can't stop crying. You got to, you're going to have to get past that so that you can look through it with clear, uh, a clear vision. You don't want to look through things and make, um, <laughs> AP just, she want to run. You don't want to look through things through the lenses of your emotions. Your emotions will take you down every time. Okay. Your emotions, if you're making decisions and making judgment calls based upon your emotions, they're going to take you down every time. So you got to get past that. And you got to say, okay, God, wow, this hurts, right? This this just, man, this really tears me up on the inside. And and you may have to cry. You you may, you know what I'm saying? You may have to walk alone for a season. You that That's, honey, it's going to happen, okay? That's just, that's just the art of humanity. People are going to hurt you. People are going to do you wrong. People, it's going to happen unless you live in a glass bubble. You know, some way out in Alaska, somewhere. But as long as you are around people, they're going to hurt you, whether they've hurt you intentionally or unintentionally. It's just the art of the human race. We're just flawed people, you know, and we need Jesus. Okay, so it, it's going to happen. And so you can imagine, like I said, the pain that Jacob was was enduring <clears throat> during that time. You know, you can imagine. But he waited and he heard from God to make a decision. So now this pulls us into the second part, relationship, trust, and security. Because guess what? During the time, you got to watch this. Man, I've seen this in my own life. I, I have seen this. I'm telling y'all, I'm talking to you from a, from a heart place. When you have been hurt by people you've been in a relationship with, if you're not careful, okay? If you're not careful, that thing will color the way you, you interact with folks who had nothing to do with that place of pain. You, you understand what I'm saying? If you're not careful with the way you handle your pain, the way you handle your the betrayal, the way you had, when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, he didn't take that out on, on Peter and, and James and John and Thomas. And he didn't take that out of Andrew. He didn't take that out on them. You know, he did not take, you've got to learn how to separate you know, like the Bible said, let the wheat and chaff grow, the wheat and tares grow together and God do the separate. You've got to learn how to separate the folks, you know, yourself, your emotions from the people who's hurt you and the ones who didn't. You can't take that, your pain out on everybody. Everybody didn't hurt you. You find some women and men who've been in abusive relationships and they'll say things like, I can't trust another man. I can't trust another woman or somebody who's been in church hurt. I, I can't trust. I'll never go to another church. I'll never trust another bishop. Or you got some some real bad prophecies. You got some real bad flaky prophecy and you messed around and try to build your life according to that and come to find out God was no more near in that word than a man in the moon. And, and so now you just feel some kind of way. I, nobody better not prophesy out of me. I better not see another prophet or what have you. You got to learn how to separate the, you know, that pain and, and, and don't, don't abuse the ones who had nothing to do with that. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't take your stuff. I don't know. Learn how to hold it in. Take it to Jesus and 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 put it. Don't hit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't misplace your pain. Let it apply to where it applies. But the folk who didn't hurt, you know, didn't hurt you. You know, don't don't take that out on them. Okay. That's where a lot of abuse, all types of abuse comes from is from people who are like they say, hurt people, hurt people is they don't, they have it's misplaced pain. And so they can't get to the person who hurt them. So they take it out on, on the next. And that, that's so unfair. OK, so so don't do that. Try not to take that out on people who had nothing to do with that. Everybody didn't hurt you. Everybody's not you know out to, to, to overthrow you. Don't let the devil do you like that. OK, so here we go. Um, second part, block two, relationship trust and security. So once Jacob's find, he receives his intel, the Bible says, Jacob, this is um, Genesis 31, I'm gonna read verse four, um, starting at verse four, okay? So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah, and I need to his wives, right? The sisters, that's a whole nother story. He calls his wives and, um, and says, listen, I see your father's countenance that is not favorable toward me as before. Listen, but the God of my father has been with me and you know with all my might, I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages 10 times. Remember what I said? How, how you know, uh, uh, Jacob was invested in this? Jacob was invested. Jacob had these, he had family. He had served this man, no matter how much this man mistreated him, he was still faithful, he was still loyal. That, that's the ticket, y'all. No matter how bad people treat you, and I, and I know that's gonna take a real big place in God, is to continue to serve, continue to support, continue to do whatever your thing is, even though you know that you've been taken advantage of, right? Because you trust. And God spoke this to me yesterday. I heard it. Was it? Uh, was it yesterday? I think He said. And and I said, God, I trust. I said, because I know vengeance is yours. You don't have to retaliate. And I'm gonna get you back. I'm gonna get you back. They made a move. I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> Leave people alone and, and and let God fight for you. Okay. Let God fight. Let God. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And so Jacob is talking to his wives now. OK, because now he heard God say it's time to go back home. So now we get into relationship trust. Jacob has to trust his wives and his wives who are Laban's daughters have to trust their husband. Now, that's a big thing. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. So he said, you know, with all my might that I've served your father, yet your father has deceived me. Um, and change my wages 10 times. Listen, but God did not allow him to hurt me. Did y'all hear that? God did not allow him to hurt me. So some of you are thinking, oh, they're going to shut my anointing down. They're going to whatever. Honey, they can't do no more than what God allows. Jacob said, God did not allow him to hurt me. Now that hurt, you may say, well, wait a minute now, you, you changed your wages 10 times. And he, you know, deceived you into marrying Leah. You don't want Leah, you wanted Rachel, so that's hurt. Plus, he's turned his son's hearts against you. That's hurt. That's different. There's some hurts that God knows you can bear. And then there's some hurts that will take you down. You understand what I'm saying? There's some hurts, and 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 uh, you know, that may say, Well, you know, woman of God, you don't know what how much what my threshold of pain is. I don't, but God does. There are some people who have a high threshold of pain. You know, my oldest daughter, Ashna, is like that. She'll, that child, and she's always suffering with allergies and, you know, all kind of stuff. And I'm like, Alice, uh, Alice, uh, Ashlyn, did you take your, your Zyrtec? Did you do? No, I'm okay. No, mom, but she's sneezing and hacking and coughing and spitting and sputtering. And I'm like, 
get yourself together. You know what I'm saying? But there are some people, even my husband, I told him last night, I said, honey, you just, you will tolerate some pain, won't you? You know, there are some people that can hurt and, and they'll go without the Tylenol and, and they'll just, I'll take it. I'm, I'm all right. Some people have a high threshold of pain. And there's other people that, you know what? If it look like it's going to hurt, you better give me some Tylenol. You better give me some anesthesia. You better put me under. You better, I mean, you know, we all have our different um, thresholds of pain. You'll find some of your friends will say to you, man, if I were you, I wouldn't put up with that. Or oh, I would have then, you know, did something to him or did something to her because not everybody has the same threshold of pain. All right. There's some of you that are stronger, especially. Now, let me just say this, because God gave me this too. Uh, I don't know, sometime recently. There are some, it was Monday, Monday when I did that live. There are some people who have come up on the rough side of the mountain. I mean, like they, 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 they just, they come up in poverty, a hardship or some kind of abuse or, or, you know, some other kind of, you know, negative childhood scenario. Right. And, and, and we all may have had some of that to a lesser, greater degree, but there are some people who have really come up like really rough. Right. And, and, and so in some of that, not all now, but in some of those cases, in that rough, tough place, God, again, he didn't cause it, okay? But he used it in that rough, tough place, that hard, callous place, that person developed high thresholds for pain. David was like that. David developed a high threshold of pain. And, and, and so, for these kinds of people, these are your warriors. You understand what I'm saying? The, and, and when you look at what David went through, or Moses, I mean, you think about some of those in the word of God that came up really rough. You understand? I mean, they, they didn't, they, they just, man, came up through trauma they, from a mental health aspect. I can, boy, I can get into some of that. But they came up really, really, really rough. And, and you know, you wonder, what, man, this is not fair. Why do I have to go through all of this? Why am I going through all of this? Why is my life so hard? Why can't I get somebody to help me? Why can't, I mean, it, it's almost as if like, you feel like you got the bad, the bad deck of hand, uh, what do you call it? A bad, um, you got dealt a bad hand, right? If you're a card player or you just got the, the wrong, you know, it's almost like, why is it anything that can go wrong just happens? Like, Lord, you know, I know I'm walking with you. I know I'm talking with you. I know I'm not perfect, but give me a break, right? You'll find people like that. Those are your warriors, man. Those are the ones that God will use on the front line because they don't really have nothing else to lose. And, and already know, you know, they, they've been, they've been, what, what's the word I want to use? They've already experienced the backlash and the retaliation and, and they've already been there. They, they're not the ones like in, old, in the New Testament. There was a circumstance situation between, um, oh, Lord, who was it? It was um, it was Paul, Barnabas and John Mark. And, and they were at war, uh, you know, with the religious rulers of their day. And John Mark turned around in a day of battle. <laughs> it's turned even in the Psalms, there's a scripture about, you know, uh, curse of the ones who turn in the day of battle. There are some people that will turn around in the day of battle, the time when God needs them to stand, the time when the people of God, their family need them to stand, they, they tuck tail and run because they don't have that, that they, they have not been able to develop that threshold of pain. They just can't take it. You know, you know, the minute somebody talks about them, oh, I, I, I just can't take it. You know, <laughs> I mean, they just, they don't have that high threshold of pain. But when you find someone who has been through man i mean they had to come up rough i mean living off of man egg sandwiches and and 
washing their clothes in the sink. I mean, just, I'm talking about rough people, not rough people, you know, rough, rough, the rough riders. That's the best, <laughs> rough riders. This came up rough. I'm a rough rider, right? You just come up, you came up suffering. And it's, it's those kinds of people, man, that God will take and put them on the front line because they're, they're just sold out. They don't have nothing to lose. They don't care who likes them or who don't. They don't care who's going to go with them. I mean, they're just like, what? This ain't nothing. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, let's, let's do it. And David was like this. Moses was like that. He had been in the woods. David been in the woods. Um, Eli, uh, uh, not Elisha. Um, Elijah was like that. Um, John the Baptist was just sold out, just rough. Peter was like that, just rough. But these are the ones you put on the front line, right? And so everybody has a high threshold of pain. And so Jacob was like that too. I went all the way around the world to say that. So let me try to get back to Genesis 31, verse four, praise God. Um, beginning at verse four. So he said, he changed my wages 10 times, but God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks, I don't know if I can do that. Um, so, so basically, let me just summarize this part. So basically, Jacob is he's he's communing with his wives and he's sharing with them, um, you know, what Jacob had said, excuse me, what Laban had said, and you know, the fact that Laban had deceived and which they knew they knew they did. They knew, I mean, come on, Leah, especially. Well, both of them knew they knew the kind of man and dad was, but Jacob defended his case to his wives. And the reason why I chose the topic relationship, trust, and security is because. Sometimes you may be confronted with a dilemma like this, where someone comes to you and say, hey, you know, I need to, talk, I need to, I need to, I need to share this with you. You know, I, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that, and, and I need you to go with me to this next level. I need you to partner with me. I need you to pray with me. And so you've got to be in place to be able to judge righteously. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to be able to judge righteously. And in and, and this particular instance, it applied to their marriage. But it can apply to anything. Um, but it, it certainly applies to relationships. And so, um, and I don't know what that was. Let me turn it. Yeah. And so, uh, let me see where I want to go. And so, anyway, he continues to, to, and I'm going, I'm going through, uh, just kind of speeding through Genesis 31, 4 through um, 15, I think this is. And he says, uh, I am. Th- he, anyway, he goes on. I'm trying not to read all of this. He goes on explaining to them how the Lord spoke to him about how to accumulate this wealth. And it wasn't deceiving, but God gave him the wisdom in a, in a dream about planting these sticks this one way. And when the sun shines, it's going to cause the next breed to come up speckled and spotted. And again, you got to read through all of that because I'm not going to get into that. OK, but I want you to understand that Leah and Rachel had they had a, a, a sense of relationship and trust. A lot of times and, and I, I talk a lot about sowing seed. I'm not just talking about money, but you've got to so trust in your relationships so that when you do come across some kind of dilemma or some kind of problem, you need to have people who 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 can, you know, uh, validate you and who can support you based upon the fact that you've built a solid relationship with them. If you don't build relationships with people and then you come across a dilemma, then you, you can't look brand new when you don't have anybody to support you. And so what Jacob did, Jacob was honest. He had built and sowed seeds of honesty with his wives. He had sowed seeds of truth. He never held anything from them. And, and so we have to be very careful about that, that when we you know, are, are you know, in relationships with people, whatever that looks like, be honest, even sometimes if it's going to cause pain. But be honest, because you never know when you got to go to the same person and say, hey, we got a situation. This is what's going on. 
on and this is what I need from you. You want to be able to have uh, already sown that seed because the worst thing you want to do is get into a season of conflict and you falling out with everybody, you know, fell out with, I mean, <laughs> you just falling out with everybody. And then you're like, hey, I need your help. Excuse me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So you, you want to, you know, in a season of peace, let me say this, always use wisdom in a season of peace because you never know when a season of war is going to come. And when that season of war comes, you're going to need some support. Now, I know we've got these lone rangers out here that I don't need nobody but Jesus. But let me just let me just be that one to tell you, Jesus moves through people, his body. OK. And so all of us play a part and we all are jointly fit. We work together. So if you got people pain and you don't like people, I'm today is going to be your day of deliverance and salvation because you're going to have to get set free from that. OK, because in this life, you're going to need somebody. And to the degree of what you're called to, you're going to need a lot of somebodies. You can't do it. God didn't even design this life for you to be by yourself. He told Adam in the beginning, you lonely, you need somebody. OK, so you you it is essential that you sow good seed in relationships because when a time like this comes, you're gonna need some help, you're gonna need some support, you're gonna need some reinforcement. And so that's my point there. You, you just don't, you can't, and I know some people, man, they burn a bridge everywhere they go. They done burnt so many bridges, there's a warrant out for their arrest. You are arsonist. <laughs> you got, we have arsonists in the body of Christ. It just burn fires and burn houses, burn churches down, burn bridges, burn people, burn, just burn everything. And you don't ever know when you got to go back. You don't, don't ever, let me tell you something. Here's something I learned a couple of years ago. Never say never, never say what you wouldn't do and what you, Johnny, cause you don't know. You don't know from one day to another what you have to face and who you will need and what it takes you to get from point A to point B. You don't know. That's why I have, it has become a part of my doctrine my personal me, my own personal doctrine, and the way that I have raised my family, I said, don't ever mistreat people. I don't care what they do to you. I don't care what they say to you. Don't ever mistreat anybody for two reasons. Number one, you don't really know who people are. Because somebody who's backslidden, acting crazy today can be the anointed of God going through a season of crazy. So you don't want to touch God's anointed. Number two, you, you don't want to sow that seed and it comes back and, and, and harvest in a life, in, in a season in your life when you you really don't want it to you understand so don't ever sow bad seed and really even when a relationship is over and i'm gonna get to that toward the end even when a relationship is coming to an end and i want you to watch how jacob did this okay this chapter is so important watch how jacob ended the season with laban as people of god especially especially when the favor of God is on your life, you cannot treat folk the way you want to treat folk. You cannot do it and continue to maintain the favor of God. It won't work. God will not bless your mess. I'm sorry. Jacob said, your father deceived me. He changed my wages 10 times and he changed, had got me drunk and I married the wrong girl, but I never mistreated him. I never stole anything from him. And that was why God qualified Jacob to be the father of the 12 tribe, 12 tribes of Israel. A lot of us, you know, want to do great and want to be great. And we've been prophesied greatness, but you better watch the way you carry yourself because you can, your attitude can cancel favor, honey. <laughs> your attitude can cancel favor. All right. Favor, just because you got favor today does not mean it's going to be with you always. And there's plenty of biblical examples. I can give you that. So you, you've got to, uh, yeah, Sherry, go back and watch it from the beginning when you get a chance because, ooh, we covered a lot of good stuff. So, but we're in Genesis 31. Um, I'm, we're in a second part. I've divided it into four blocks and we're just in a second block. So you didn't miss too much. 
Um, but right now we're talking about relationship, trust, and security. And so coming out of that, Genesis 31, 4 through uh, 15, we're talking about how no matter how Laban had mistreated J uh, Jacob, he maintained his integrity. And <clears throat> excuse me, not only did he maintain his integrity with uh, Laban, but also with his wives. He was honest and he explained to them. He shared with them. He didn't hold anything back from them. OK, and that's essential when you are building a legacy. That is very it, the way you carry yourself. Let me. Oh, my God. I, I'm not going to get too funny because I'll get off track. But when you are building a legacy and when I say that, when you've got people behind generations behind you, um, you've got to be careful about the seeds you sow. You really do, because you may not see it in your lifetime, but your children, your grandchildren may see it. OK, the Bible talks about. um. Abraham, when Abraham dug wells, well, guess what? He didn't necessarily need those wells. Isaac needed those wells. You see what I'm saying? So you, you, the things that we dig and the things that we sow um, are very important because if you are a legacy carrier, you got generations in your in your womb or in your loins, what have you, they can um, they can eat the fruit that you've sown, and you want them to eat good fruit. You don't want them to eat some kind of corruption, some kind of you done tore up somebody's church or broke up somebody's home or whatever, and now you may not see it in your life, but now you find out your daughters can't get can't get married or your sons can't. The wife keeps cheating on them. I mean, you know, what I'm saying things like that. Y'all, this stuff is real. <laughs> this stuff is real. And you wonder why, why every time little Johnny get a job, you know, somebody's always accusing him of stealing or, or, or every time, you know, little Susie, you know, um, go to school, you know, something. I mean, you want to be careful and make sure that this is not stuck because we'll blame the devil all year long. The devil attacking my kids. All the devil's attacking my finances. All the devil, I plead the blood. I, honey, some of that stuff is seed. Some of it is seed. So God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you'll reap, okay? And God will visit the iniquities of the fathers to the um, third and fourth generation. So we want to be careful. And so I'm asking you, if if you have, have sown some bad seed go to god in prayer now and ask him father in jesus name god lord I, I command crop failure and i command every seed that i've sown everything that i've said anything that i've done against somebody to hurt them to tear them down uh to make them feel some kind of way lord god i lord let the let the root let the seed and the, let the seed die in the ground and let the root be up planted let the trees be cut down lay the axe to the root of that tree you know don't just keep going well they'll be all right no they won't okay so be very careful about that all right, so I'm I'm done with that. I hope that that was I hope that helped somebody. Let's move to the third part. Secrets and lies are damaging. All right. So and again, you you've got to go back and read the whole chapter because a lot of this is kind of in summary. Um, because these are points that I, I was able to take away from uh, my reading and that I thought would be very relevant. Um, you know, for for those who had the heart to hear. So, but in order to get a full understanding. You definitely want to go back in your um, devotion and then read that chapter 31 and then come back maybe and look at this video again and it'll kind of give you a little bit greater insight. OK, um, so now we're in the third block. And or the third part, rather, remember, I told you there are four parts. Um, well, I do about it anyway, in the four parts, Genesis 31. So the third part of it is secrets and lies are damaging. OK, and so now let's look at what's happening. So we find here at the end of part three, uh, part two, Jacob goes to his wives for support because something is getting ready to happen in his life. Something is about to happen in his family. And he, <clears throat> how much time? I'm almost at an hour. And he's got, he needs the support of his family, okay? The support of his wives and, and he needs their support, okay? And so this brings us to 
third part, secrets and lies are damaging. And this is going to find us in um, Genesis 16. I, I've got to go back and change these um, scriptures because I'm off like a verse. Anyway, Genesis 31, verse 14. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, is there still, because remember, they're coming out of conversation, right? And so um, God was answering some questions. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Um, yeah, I thank God for, for those who are receiving some, some insight and rep. I'm telling you, that's why I love it. I love to study the word of God. And it's just a unique gift. This, this is a, a, a gift um, of teaching that God has given me. So I don't take it lightly. And, and I love to share it, right? Freely you have received, freely you shall give. So I love to share it because I love to see the people of God set free. All right. So Genesis 31, 14. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, is there still any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not considered strangers by him? For he has sold us, listen, and also completely consumed our money. For all these riches which God has taken from our father are really ours and um, <laughs> and our children's. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do it. So you see how just that supported what I said in, in the third, in that second part about trust and security? Because they could have said, I mean, this could have easily gone the wrong way, y'all. This could have been a Tyler Perry movie, really. You know, Jacob could have gone to Leah and Rachel and said, hey, your dad has deceived me, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And we got to make a move, y'all, because my season is up. God told me, um, what did the Lord, this part I left it out. He said, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. God did not forget that sacred place. There are places, there are places in the realm of the spirit where you had a, 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 an a encounter with God. And some of those places God will take you back to. You'll find yourself, some of y'all will find yourself songs that, that brought you through some hard seasons. You'll hear the Holy Spirit of God put that song back in your spirit. Like, go back and listen to that. Go back. And what that is, God is taking you back to your Bethel. You know, there have been times where, you know, uh, times where I had like some, ooh, beautiful experiences in the Lord. I mean, beautiful mm -hmm. times in the Lord, times when I just enjoyed his presence, beautiful dreams, beautiful visions, times that angels have visited me. Oh my gosh. I, oh Lord, I, I so many wonderful, wonderful experiences that, I, that I've had. Those were my Bethel moments, right? The place where God is. Bethel, Beth El literally means the house of bread or the place where God sustained me, the place where God provided for me. That's what that word means. And so Bethel was the place when Jacob was running from Esau. Remember Esau said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. If I find you, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> You're talking about sibling robbery, honey. That's a mess right there. But Esau said, I'm going to kill you. Okay. And so, um, and so, uh, somebody sent me a text. I got distracted. Where was I? Holy Ghost. So Jacob was running. His mom said, you got to leave the house. You got to go. If you're uh, dead, if you're brother finds you, he's going to kill you. And so Jacob found that rock. He, he laid his head on that rock and that's when the heavens opened. And, and let me tell you something, that's your Bethel, y'all. So Bernice, amen. That, that's your, that's your Bethel. That's that place where, um, you, you've seen God, you know, when you feel like you, you being consumed by your trials and overtaken, like the like Bible said, the floodwaters and the seaweed is wrapped around your head. And you have that moment where God steps in. You have that moment where, you know, the choir sings that song or you have the moment when the musician strike that key or, or the, the preacher says that preach that message and it just takes you out. <laughs> I mean, you just you just lose it. Daniel, the Bible said he lost all his comeliness, right? His comeliness turn. It, you just fall out. You just can't take it because it just the salvation and the deliverance of the Lord just overtakes you. It just it, it just engulfs you. It embraces you. And so those are your Bethel moments. 
And so God was reminding Jacob, and this is so important, y'all, it's so important, it's so important that you have Bethel moments that you can revisit. Moments, I can remember the time I got filled with the Holy Ghost. That was my Bethel moment, I'll never forget it. Times when I gave birth to my oldest son and angels came in the room. Oh, well, let me let, I listen. I'm about, to, I'm about to get caught up. Hallelujah, Jesus, bring me back down. But, you know, those Bethel moments where you know it was the power of God. Nobody else could do it. Nobody else could do it. You know it was the power of God. That's your Bethel. And if you have never had a Bethel moment or you've never had a Bethel place in the realm of the spirit, I pray in the name of Jesus, you encounter Bethel. Ooh, that'll preach right there. Somebody take that and preach it. You need, to you need to have a Bethel encounter so that when you hit seasons of your life, when you feel like you can't take it, you can't make it, you ain't going to, you know, just, uh, you know, like David. David had a Bethel moment. David had to encourage himself. He had to remind himself of past victories won. That is your Bethel. Times when you were getting put out, you didn't have nowhere to go, and all of a sudden the door opened. Times when you lost your job and you didn't know how you were going to pay the bills. Bethel, you need a Bethel. You need a Bethel moment. You need a Bethel place. You need a place you can return to. All right? Your first love. Okay, and that's recorded in Revelation. But anyway, so God tells, um, and, and this is going back to Genesis 31, I think it's in 15, 16. Around that, where um, he says, he said, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your family. So that's what Jacob was telling his wives. And so now here in the third part in Secrets and Lies of Damaging, Genesis 31 verses 13, 17 through 35, um, the wives are responding. So let me just go here to Genesis um, 31, 14 through 16 really quick. And Rachel and Leah said, well, I already read that to y'all. Praise the Lord. And so in that, um, Rachel and Leah agreed. Remember, I said you got to sow good seed in these relationships. They agreed. It was like, yeah, you know what, uh, Jacob, you're right. You're right. They said, my father, our father have stolen from us. Um, we got inheritance there. And, and, and you know, and they, he has consumed our money. And so he said, for all these riches which God has taken from my father are really ours. She said, whatever. They said, whatever God tell you to do, do it. Is, doesn't that sound familiar to what Mary told the, the gentleman at the um, wedding? Wedding, Whatever God tell you to do, do it. Whatever. It's simple. In order for you to get your inheritance, this is Genesis 31, 14 through 16. Some of y'all need this as a prayer pointer because <laughs> you've got inheritances. You've got stolen monies from you. You've got stolen opportunities. You've got things that Laban, whoever your Laban was, has withheld from you, has consumed it. But in the name of Jesus, Father, give me the strategy. Remember, God gave Jacob a strategy. Here's how you're going to take the sheep and you're going to take the lambs. Here's how you do it. The angel of the Lord visited him in a dream and said, this is what you do with the livestock. Right. God will show you in dreams and visions through prophetic revelation how to take that inheritance that Laban. Wow, I just received it for myself. How to take the inheritance that Laban is withholding from you. Because out of, for every hard place you've served in, you are supposed to walk away with some kind of wealth. And wealth is not always money, people. Wealth can be experience. Wealth can be people. Okay? Wealth can be resources. Wealth can be ideas. Wealth, the Bible says the Lord will empower you to get wealth. That's not just money. That's not just money. In the Old Testament, when a man had sons, it was considered wealth. Because he had a, 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 a work. What's, uh, um, a workforce in his house. And so the more men you got, the more manpower, the more work you can do, the more money you can get paid. 
uh, that you can earn, right? So wealth is not always money. Wealth are abilities, skills, talents, mindsets, people, resources, opportunities, doors, talents. That's your wealth, okay? And so, but there, there were things that Leah and Rachel had that were under arrest. Laban had them under arrest, and it would take Jacob to release it from them. Those are some. That's a powerful prayer point. Y'all need to get need to look at that and 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 formulate some prayers out of that and get some of that stuff. You came out of relationships, you came out of jobs, you came out, out of situations and God is saying, hey, you left something. I just want to get out of here. Just let me go. Y'all can have it. No, you can't have it. Give me my stuff. I want my couch. I want my blender. I want my TV. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Don't walk away from yourself empty. Go get your stuff. When Israel came out of Egypt, they took the Bible said they robbed the houses of the Egyptians and brought gold out with them. So go back and rob the house of Egypt and get your stuff. Okay. All right. So Still talking about secrets and lies of damaging, right? So everything is going good, but listen to what the conversation that Leah and Rachel had with Jacob. They were concerned about the inheritance, and rightfully so. All right. But then something happens. All right. Let's see. Look at verse 17. This is Genesis 17, excuse me, Genesis 31, verse 17 through 21. So then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives. Remember, he's got wealth on his camels. All right. And he carried away all the livestock, all the possession that he had. And he had he acquired livestock. Let me skip all past that. So now this is why Laban had gone to shear his sheep. So Laban was out doing, taking care of his business. And God said, okay, now J- Jacob, it's time to go. Again, you got to be able to hear. You got to know when, when the door is open. Some of us, the door has been open. And we're just standing there looking at it, waiting for another word. You're waiting for another prophet. You're waiting for another song. You're waiting for another shout. You're wait, you, you, you just waiting. Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. No, you're waiting on yourself. And God is waiting on you too. And so the door had been opened. God had caused Laban to be preoccupied. God caused Laban to be preoccupied so that Jacob could take, because come on now, it took some time to, to accumulate all of that and pack them up and go. It took some time to do that. And so God in his infinite wisdom, listen, because God will work with you in your time. Remember, remember what I said about that. You got to be on God's timing. So when you see God moving and I tell my church all the time, pay attention when you see movement, always pay attention to movement. When you see things just kind of moving extraordinarily and abnormally, you got you got to have an ear to, ear to hear and an eye to see. And you got to know to yourself something is something that's happening. Something is getting ready to happen. You got to be able to discern when a shift is taking place around you and go with it. Go with the flow. You can't just stand in one and ask questions. You got to go because that gate, that portal, that door is open and it's time for you to move. It's time for you to, 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 to catapult. It's time for you to launch. It's time for you to excel. It's time for you to soar. It's time for you to do it. So while God had Jacob preoccupied with shearing his sheep, um, Jacob was gathering his family to leave. Okay, they were leaving, leaving, um, where they leaving from? Syria? Leaving Syria. Is it Syria? Yeah, Syria. Leaving Syria to go back to Canaan, right? Because God said, go back to your fathers, go back to your country. So God preoccupied Laban so that Jacob and all of his family and his wealth could escape. In the meantime, here goes Rachel. The Bible says, Rachel had stolen the household idols that were her father's and Jacob stole away or he left unbeknownst to Laban. He didn't tell him he intended to flee because if he did, Laban would have tried to stop him. So what does this mean? You can't tell everybody everything. 
especially those who you know does not have your best interest at heart. You know these folks are not for you. Why would you tell them what your next move is going to be? You will self-sabotage. Don't tell people everything. Wait until the battle is over and then announce whatever. But be careful about sharing everything before time. God preoccupied Laban. God got Laban out the way. And he said, okay, Jacob, pack up your stuff, pack up your family. Let's head out. Okay, that's what he did. But what did Rachel do? Remember, they had just had a conversation. My father stole from me. He consumed our money. You've got to be on the lookout for spirits of resent, resentment and revenge. This is very careful. Remember, we talked about secrets and lies, right, are damaging. Because in this whole scenario, Laban had done a lot of damage. And, and, and there's a tendency, and it's just you're being human, y'all. There's a tendency when someone has done you wrong to want to get them back, right? And how do you want to do that? You want to get them back by hurting them in, in uh, what, what, what's it saying? Hurt them, um, where it, hit them where it hurts most. And so Rachel, knowing her father, she knows this man was, a, was an idolater and he worshiped idols, right? And, and so she goes in and, and her thing was, in her thinking is, um, well, he, and she said it, right? It, he took our money. He deceived us. And I'm sure homegirl was mad because he done sold the man, uh, gave her husband, sister. So that's, all, again, resentment and revenge. Watch out for that. Watch your spirit. Make sure that when you have forgiven, you have truly forgiven. And how do you know? How do you know that you have forgiven? You'll know that you have forgiven when you have an opportunity to get somebody back and you forego it. You let it go. You know, there, some, there was a thing trending on Facebook one time about, uh, uh, and I know I'm jacking the whole thing up, but in, in essence, it said, uh, you're lying on me, but my truth could destroy you or something like that. I mean, in, in a nutshell, that's what it meant. People are lying on you, but you actually have the truth that could destroy the liar, right? And so there is a tendency that when somebody has hurt you to get them back and to hit them where it hurts. And, and again, that's human nature. That's human. Revenge is a part of human nature. You want to get somebody back, right? And and those thoughts are going to cross your mind. You'll think about, well, I know this about them and I got this on them. And, 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 and I'll, you know, if you do me like that, this is what I'm going to do. But you got to watch out those spirits, y'all. That's not fruit of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't operate like that. You, there may be some very crucial evidence you've got on people, things that you know to turn their life upside down. But that does not give you the, 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 the privilege to you know to do that don't do that and for some people that'll be your greatest temptation is you'll see and uh, oh boy the enemy will set this thing up so that here you are they have been dismissed from your life y'all broke up or walked your separate ways or whatever and they have hurt you ripped you torn you apart and you know this about them or you got something on them or what have you and the enemy will wear your mind out well you know if you say this if you tell somebody that if you tell and so it'll break them up or it'll just, you know, whatever, you know, I don't even want my mind to go there, praise God. But you, you would be amazed at how devious um, the enemy will try to cause our minds to be right. And that's why APG, it's not worth it. You'd be amazed that here you are, you will, you will plot all your stuff trying to get somebody back. I believe it was, was it uh, Paul? I think it was Apostle Paul in, in the New Testament where um, I think it was the scribes and Pharisees. Now, you know, somebody quote me on it if I'm wrong, but they said they fasted. They said we will not eat until we see him destroyed. They, and, and there are some people like that. They will stay up all night. 
they man people i'm telling you people's minds are tripped that's why you better have your your mind better be renewed in the spirit of your mind put on the mind of christ and put on that helmet because when you are hurt man you can if, and if you're not careful with the way that you manage that pain i'm gonna go right back to what i said in the beginning if you're not careful with the way you manage your pain and those of you in healthcare know about there's pain management. That doctor will only give you but so many narcotics uh, prescriptions at a time. You can't handle all of this stuff, you know? So you've got to learn how to manage that pain. And it, it can be very trying for you. If you've got some intel, you've got the scoop, you've got the, the, the lowdown on somebody who did you wrong and the enemy will bait you. And, and, and I'm telling you, cause he's done it to me. You know, he's done it to me. And you know, one, if you say this, you know, it'll, it'll, Expose on something, but why would I do that? Why, what, for what? And then when you do that, you get in God's way, and God looks at you like, wow. So that's what we're doing now. You, you, you're an apostle, and you, you're gonna, you're gonna drop, you're gonna do that. You're a prophet, you're a pastor, you're a child of God, you're a deacon, you us, you, and, and that's what you do. You know, your Holy Ghost led you to do that. Your Holy Ghost led you to conspire and to expose somebody, and the God, your Holy Ghost led you to do that. So you you gotta you gotta the Bible says examine yourself. You gotta examine yourself because when you're hurt, man, you 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 those th things can I don't care how anointed you are, those thoughts can run through your mind. And the next thing you know, you're on Facebook Live going off on people. Now I just want y'all to know what so and so did, and this is the truth. Here's the pictures, here's the text message, here's the screenshot. I mean, <laughs> y'all seen it. You've seen it. People go on there, man. Well, blow, blow, you a grenade don't have nothing on it. Well, blow it up, blow the whole spot up. But God don't want you to operate like that we are children of integrity we don't do that okay we don't get down in the muck and miry clay we don't do that we let god handle it i don't care how much you hurt and how much you want god to move and do it right now god you don't you don't do that you that's not fruit of god's spirit temperance right temperance patience those are fruits of the spirit not vengeance and revenge and i'm gonna get you and i'm gonna tell so and so what you said and i'm we don't do that a house divided against itself don't stand we don't divide we don't mm -mm. the spirit of god don't operate like that so what um rachel did she wanted to get her daddy back you know you gave away my my husband this man you know i was in love with him first and you gave him to my sister really you know didn't nobody want to marry her and 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 you gonna give this man you're going to get him drunk and, and give him to my sister. Then you're going to take my inheritance. You consume all my, all my money. I'm just putting meat on the bone. Can you imagine how Rachel felt? And then add insult to injury. The girl couldn't hardly have kids. So, I mean, this woman, you talk about in bitterness of soul. And that's what the Bible says about watching out for the root of bitterness when springing up brings um, many troubles. The root of bitterness. This is why you got to cast your cares. People who hurt you, people who have done things to you. You've got you. I'm telling you. You got to take it to Jesus and you got to keep taking it to Jesus until you get that stuff out. You got to get that poison and that toxic, um, those toxins out of your spirit. You got to get that. Otherwise, it will it will. I'm telling you, it will govern your decisions. Everything you say and do will be out of bitterness and revenge and being spiteful and being mean. And people will tell you, they'll be like, man, I didn't know you. Man, I ain't never seen you like that before. Shoot, even the unsaved will look at you and be like, man, I didn't know you was like that. You better watch it. I said it on my live on Monday. Don't damage your witness. Okay? So this woman was bitter. Rachel was bitter. And I can't say I blame her. There's some people who have a right to be bitter. I've had situations in my life. I had every right to be bitter. But at the same time, don't let that bitterness overtake 
you know, who you are, who God called you to be. You better turn that stuff over. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. It will destroy you. It will it will consume you. You'll be all, up all night scheming them and how you're going to get this person back. Don't do that. So Rachel went in and took her father's idols and um and and fled with her husband right okay so let's move let's move on well we're still in third part okay let's look at um let's look at 3122 we're still talking about secrets and lies are damaging all right so i want you to look at and i'm from a mental because i'm always looking at stuff from a mental health standpoint look at the the um you could almost say rachel started operating in kind of like a split uh, split personality kind of thing um, there was something that trauma, it did something to her. And if you look over her um, testimony, what have you, and I think we'll probably come up in the next couple of chapters, we'll talk about it, how she tried to have children. She tried to, uh, uh, man, this, it really did something to her, y'all, because she never took that pain to the Lord. She never prayed. She never, she never dealt with it. She never got over what Leah did. I mean, what Laban did with Leah. She never got over the fact that Leah had all the children. The Bible said um, God saw that Rachel was loved, but Leah was hated. God saw that. God saw what was going on with Rachel. And guess what, y'all? As much as Jacob loved Rachel, she didn't finish out her course, okay? And just to jump ahead a few chapters, when um, she, she gave birth to Joseph, but as she was giving birth to Benjamin, she, she went, Rachel had such a hard time. Let me just say that. Rachel had such a hard time, and I'm gonna make, bring that full, um, uh, 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 full speed in just a little bit, but Rachel had a hard life as a result of what her father did. So you're talking about mommy daddy issues, which we don't even know what, the, what happened with mom. But you know, again, this is some mental health stuff. That you know, everything is not a demon. Some things are really legitimately mental health issues to where things have happened to a person and they never sought the help that they needed. That it did, it changed the the, the way that they thought process. It, it it changed it. Okay, let me get into this because I'm gonna explain that more in just a little bit. So Laban went. This is Genesis 31:22, and I, I know this is taking a minute, y'all, but uh, praise the Lord. Um, Laban was on the third day. Excuse me, was told on the third day. This is Genesis 31:22 and 24. Listen, three days after Jacob had been gone, Laban found out. Remember, I told you God had J Laban preoccupied. So God gave him three days. Y'all know how God loves to work in those three days. God gave Jacob three days to go. Okay. Again, look at the timing. Jacob could have procrastinated, dragged his feet and, you know, messing around. He got, he, he, he could have got caught and missed the whole timing. He was on point and he got out of there. Then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for a seven days journey. I want y'all to pay attention to this, that Laban was, was held captive. God delayed Laban for three days to allow Jacob to escape. Not only did Jacob escape with all that wealth, you're talking about, a, 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 my God, a parade. Jacob was a whole week ahead. Listen, y'all understand how the timing works? Jacob, in three days, Jacob made a week's worth of progress. That's what that's saying to you. When God allow you to escape, it, it, my God, there is an acceleration that happens when you're operating in the timing of God. So in other words, three days times two is six. Jacob had outdone, he did more in, in how do I want to put this? Jacob out 
run a man uh, for a week, has a week's worth of time. He was gone. It took Laban a week to catch up with him, and he had only been gone for three days. Now, you tell me that's not God. When God says time for your deliverance, when God says time for your breakthrough, when it's time for your salvation, God's going to get that thing done. Don't you worry how, when, Lord, how we, don't you worry about it. You just get in place and let God do what God does. So behold, the Lord came to Laban in a dream and God said, don't you touch him. Basically, God dealt with him. And so even in that, when people try to pursue you, folk that God has delivered you from, situations God has delivered you from, and people will try to come after you, God will visit them in a dream and say, listen, you better be careful how you talk to her. You better be careful how you talk to him. Don't, don't you lay a hand. You can talk to him. But he said, don't you speak to Jacob, neither good or bad. Be careful what you say. Remember what I said about the anointing will fight for you? All right. So now let's look at um, 25. So Laban overtook Jacob. In other words, he caught up with him. By this time, Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains and Laban and they, they pitched the mountain in Gilead. And Laban said, Jacob, what have you done? So now there's a confrontation. right? What have you done? You, you, you left. You didn't tell me. You took my wife, uh, my daughters. You took my animals. You know, you basically, you know, accusations. Right now, God just told Laban how to be careful talking to Jacob. So Laban is talking to him. Why did you do all this? You know, you you um, he, listen to what he said. You didn't allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Um, you have done foolishly. He said, uh, it, it, listen, it is in my power to do you harm, which we know is a lie. Lies, all lies. Um, but the God of your father, listen, spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak. So even Laban understood, you know, I was getting ready to hurt you. I was going to do something to you real bad. And your God stopped me. Laban understood that. OK. Verse 30, and now you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But why'd you steal my gods? Here's, here's where Rachel's situation comes into play, right? Why'd you steal my gods? So, so, so with Laban, it wasn't, yeah, he was upset that the girls were gone, his father, sons were gone and all that. But he really wanted to know, why'd you take my idols? Why'd you take my gods? And Jacob said, um, I, well, I left because I was afraid. He said, um, let me move down with whomever. I was afraid that you would take, you know, your daughters from me, what have you. He said, but whoever with whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. All right. In the presence of our brother, identify what I have of yours and take it. Right. Jacob did not know that Rachel had taken the gods. Remember what I talked about with trust and security and all that. Do you see how Rachel did not reciprocate what? Jacob had given her, he was honest with her. He shared with her, hey, um, this is what's happening with your dad, X, Y, Z, this is what we're getting ready to do. Rachel went in and she did some underhanded secret stuff. Jacob was operating in the uprightness of his heart. Rachel was not. She should have told her husband, hey, I left. I want y'all to know I got, I took daddy so-and-so. So. He could have defended her. He could have said, honey, that's not right. Go and take it back. We don't want that. We serve the God of Israel and, you know, we don't worship idols. But she did not disclose that information to him and it cost her her life. Jacob ended up pronouncing a curse over her, not even knowing it was his own wife because she operated underhandedly. Secret. So Rachel, again, you see now kind of the, 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 the um, what I want to say, you see her heart being exposed here, the deceitfulness in the heart. And I, and side note, I had to ask God, well, Lord, maybe that's why you gave him Leah instead of Rachel, because God knew what was in her heart. He knew all along what was in her heart. 
and the fact that she only had two kids as opposed to uh, Leah that gave him all these other children. And so sometimes, you know, we want what we want, but we don't really know what's in the core of what we want, if that makes sense. You know, we, we oh, he looks good. She looks good, man, all of that. But then, you know, what are you really getting? What's inside that package that's wrapped up so nice? This girl, as beautiful as she was and as much in love as with Jacob was, she had some deception in her. Leah did not. And Rachel ended up, excuse me, Jacob ended up pronouncing a curse. And so, Lee, um, long story short, God tells, uh, excuse me, Jacob tells Laban, go and search my tent. If you find anything that belongs to you, you know, you can have it. And with whomever you find it, let them die. So he pronounced a curse. Whoever had anything in their possession that belonged to Laban would be put to death. Okay. And the death for Rachel did not come immediately, but it came. Because there were still some things that God was working in timing. God needed Joseph. God needed Benjamin. And again, that's the timing of God. Okay. So there's some people you wonder, wonder why they're still around. Wonder why? Because God is still, there's still something that God is extracting from that. God is not done with it. But when God, when that woman gave birth to Benjamin, God said, thank you. Dismiss. You can go now. <laughs> you know. And I know that sounds cruel, but it is what it is because of the spirits that she operated in. And so there are some people that will be in your circle and, 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 you know, God done told you they ain't right. They ain't right. But it's not time to dismiss them. It ain't time to let them go, you know, because God is not finished. Lord knows I can preach a whole series on that. But there'll be people in your circle and you got to showing you all day long. They ain't right. Don't you trust them now? Be nice. Don't be kind. But don't, 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 don't. Because God said there's something in that I'm going to do for you. OK, but you just hang tight. You deal with it. But I'm not finished. And so with Rachel, she lied and told her father, you know, when, when the men came into her tent, she said, well, my, my menstrual cycle is on, so I can't stand up. And, you know, back in the day when a woman was going through that time of Monday, she was like, oh, <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, you can just have that whole tent to yourself. We, they, you know, it is crazy. Um, so it was pretty much, yeah, we're not going to, yeah, you, you can have it. You can have everything. And she was sitting on it too. So you know, it was defiled and y'all know, I ain't gonna get into all of that, but that was that. So, but she, in, in her, in her deceitfulness and in her wickedness, she hid the idols up under the dirt and she was sitting on top of it. So again, even in all of that, you got to understand even Rachel's heart was being exposed, y'all. Okay. Her heart was being exposed, but Jacob was in love with her and he could not see no harm. You can't be so much in love with somebody that you can't see some very obvious signs that something is clearly wrong. He was so in love with her talking about blinded by love he was blinded okay and he had a woman in his camp that was that would at some point potentially break his heart in a way that you could never know okay and we'll talk about that hopefully we'll get to that in a little bit i'm trying to wrap this up we're over an hour now oh lord jesus so um so yeah and she said uh let me not ride let it not displease my lord that i cannot rise before you for the manner of women is with me and he searched but did not find the household idols that girl kept them. Rachel kept them. Did you hear what I said? And then you wonder why, listen to me real good, people of God, with your Holy Ghost filled self, wonder why this woman had trouble giving birth. The spirit of barrenness, the spirit of, of envy, the spirits of strife, because she kept her father's idols, it opened doors. It opened demonic doors and portals and gates over her own life. It didn't touch Leah's life. Listen to me. It didn't touch Jacob. But that thing wore Rachel out. Okay? It wore Rachel out. 
she, the Bible said he searched, but he did not find the household idols. And that thing followed her to the to her grave. It caused her to be barren. Some of us are wondering why. Why is this not happening in my life? Why every time I try to put my hands to this, it doesn't work out? Why every time I try to connect with that, it don't work? Why? You better make sure you don't have something. And it can be a physical something or an emotional something that God said is an abomination, something you're holding on to. She held on to it. She held on to resentment. She held on to the revenge. She held on to the deceit. She held on to that stuff. And guess what? She cursed her own stuff. Because a lot of us are blaming the witch. Well, you know, I, I come against the witch. I, yeah, you know, we can pray some real deep prayers. I heard some of y'all saints. <laughs> some of the saints. Y'all be going in now. I ain't gonna lie. Some of y'all be going in with some real deep prayers. And her ghost be like, um, ain't no witch. You can be your own witch. You curse your own self by holding on to things that God told you to let go. Holding on to what people did. I ain't going to forgive you. Well, good. Keep on holding on to that. In the New Testament, Jesus talked about the tormentors. And that's our, that's, listen, y'all, praise God, I ain't going there. I'm going to move right along to the last part. I appreciate y'all's patience. This has been extensive. Um, but it's studying, right? We gotta, we gotta pull the meat out the bones, and we gotta digest all this good stuff. So, um, the fourth part is found in Genesis chapter thirty-one, and it begins um, at verse thirty-six throughout the end of the chapter, verse fifty-five. Um, so, I think we did okay, a little over an hour to, to go over an entire chapter. I'm, I'm sure we've heard God, right? Um, so, let's close out. So, the fourth part is the curse of the beloved and the misfor covenant. And this is gonna blow y'all mind, y'all. This actually. It's like my favorite part, okay? Um, so Jacob, where we at? 36. So now Jacob goes off on Laban, because now, you know, Laban is chasing him or what have you, and you claim you stole something, and in Jacob's mind, because he's in love, y'all, he can't see, and and he uh, he uh, is, now he's railing on Laban. You you chased me, and and, um, and you said you accused me, right? And so listen to what he says, y'all. Then Jacob was angry, Genesis 31, 36. Then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban and Jacob answered and said to Laban, what is my trespass or what have I done wrong to you? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? Although you search all my things, which part of my of your household things have you found? He said, bring it out here. Now, Jacob, you know, bless his heart, you know, sit it out here. Let me see what you found. Right. He couldn't find nothing because the girl was hiding it. He said, sit it out here so you can judge so we can judge. We can, we can be judged. And he goes in these 20 years I've been with you. And, then, you know, he goes into that whole spill. You can read it on your own. Um. I've served you for 14 years for your two daughters, six years for your flock, and you changed my wage 10 times. Unless the God of my father and God of Abraham has been with me, surely you would have sent me away empty handed. Listen, but God has seen my affliction. This is a prayer point, y'all. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and he beat you last night. See how God will fight for you? God will fight for you. All right. So let's move on. Okay. Because I, I don't want to get into, I, I'm not spending too much time there. I want to get to the meat part. Um. This is 43, Genesis 31, 43. And so Laban is answering Jacob. Y'all talking about drama, right? These are my daughters and these are my children. These are my flock. All you see is mine, but X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And so, um, so here, so Jake, excuse me, but what can I do this day? Now, therefore, come, like, let us make a covenant. And so here we get into the Mizpah covenant. And we get into, we come to a close, y'all. And, and we hear this said, um, spoken a lot in church. A lot of us um, use it for our benediction, right? May the Lord watch between me and thee um, while we're one from another, okay? Um, let me quote it for you. 
uh, it, it basically mean it essentially means here it is, uh, verse what's that fifty forty nine. Uh, Mispah, because he said, may the Lord watch between you and me while we are absent one from another, right? And so, and we say that because we want the Lord to watch out for it, but that's not really what that means. <laughs> it really was a covenant. This is called the Mispah covenant. And it means that the Lord is judging me and you in our absence to ensure, or watching rather, to ensure that we don't attack one another because they left with hostility between the both, okay? There was hostility. But look at how Jacob, remember I said how Jacob ended that relationship? Jacob took a stone and set up a pillar. And, and, and um, Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha. I hope I didn't mispronounce it, but if so, pardon me. But Jacob called it Galid. You see that? So, so Laban wanted to end on a hostile um, note. But Jacob understood, no, God separated us, right? Laban is saying, uh, we're going to separate, but, you know, don't you come for me. Because Laban understood this God is with him and your army is, is, is you, you're amassing wealth and all this good stuff. So Laban is saying, hey, don't you, God's going to watch. There's going to be a judge. Don't come back over here and, and come and steal. Because Laban felt like Jacob stole from him. But La Jacob is saying, no, no, God is going to judge. That if you come over here, God himself will deal with you. And so the Mitzvah covenant was not so much a benediction blessing as much as it was a benediction warning, if that makes sense. So the Mitzvah covenant was a benediction warning that may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. In other words, don't do me harm. God is a witness between you and me. Now we're going to walk away and we're going to go our separate ways, but don't, don't come back for me. Don't come back over here. Basically, somebody said, don't come back. That's what have you. But this was more of, of a covenant of warning that if you come back here, this is what's going to happen. OK, so that's what that misfit covenant means. Um, let me see. I'm closing out, closing out, closing out. All right. Verse 51. Then Laban said to Jacob, um, here is a heap. Here is a pillar which I have. This heap is a witness. Um, this heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not pass beyond this heap to you and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me, listen, for harm. So it wasn't a benediction blessing. I, I know we use it out of context in our churches, but, and I'm not saying don't use it, okay? Because it's, it's, it's <laughs> I'm not saying don't use it. I'm just saying, just know what it means, okay? Just just know what that, have an understanding of what that means. And so the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of, God of their father will judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain, all his brethren to eat, and then ate bread, stayed all night in the mountain. And then early in the morning, Laban arose, kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. And Laban departed and returned to his place. So remember, I'm closing. That's, that's, that's that. And so remember what I was saying about how we end our seasons are, are very important in terms of what we're expecting God to do next. A lot of times we'll burn up. Like I said, we got arsonists in the kingdom. They'll burn stuff down. And but you don't know who you'll need in this life. You don't you don't know. Right. And so, you know, as much as is possible, um, the Bible say walk in peace with all men. You know, listen, you know, we, we're not going to agree to I mean, we're not going to see eye to eye. We're not agreeing. But you know what? I tell you what, let's just let's just part ways and, and you be blessed over there. I'll be blessed over here. And I promise you, God being my witness. I will not stir up anything, the things that I know about you, the things that we've done, our little dirt together. You don't have to worry about me, you know, because some people are like that. Once they break friendship with you, everything that y'all done together, all your little little stuff, little deeds and stuff, everybody knows about it. 
you know, one of my best friends, boy, she and I did a lot of dirt back in the day. But you know what? I don't ever have to worry about her spilling the stuff. You know, and, and likewise with me, it's just, that's what we did. That was back in the day. Girl, we moved on. I love you, child. And I'll talk to you in a couple of months, whenever we, you know, the circle life brings us back together again. But it's not to the degree to where I hate you. I'm so jealous of you. I'm so mad at you. I'm going to tell everybody what I know about you. I'm going to destroy your life. I'm going to I mean, when you do that, you, 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 you walking on some, 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 you walking on some real shaky ground and, and you've got to expect that the same way you try to destroy somebody else's life, it will come back to you. Okay. So we are done. We've covered Genesis chapter 31, Genesis. Um, I mean, Genesis 31 verses 36 through, excuse me, one through 55. And we have shared some, um, powerful revelatory prophetic nuggets. Many of you have um, been blessed by it. And I encourage you, if this is not familiar, because we can't assume everybody knows who Jacob is and all that, go back and read it. Go back and take some time and read it. And with this teaching, it will help bring some, some greater insight, okay? And so we'll come back at a later time and, and look into chapter 32 if you want to kind of do a, a, a read ahead. I encourage you to do that. And um, we'll come back and, and look at that, all right? So yeah, we, we're picking back up with our prophetic Bible studies. It is um, one of the, the brain babies, spiritual babies God has given me that I enjoy doing. Amen. So my prayer is that you've taken something away from it, something that can bless and enrich your life, be edified and be encouraged by it, be strengthened, be um, even delivered by some of what we shared and that you grow in the word. Amen. Let it take root and spread good fruit. So God bless you. Until next time, this is Apostle Delisa signing out.